episode 66. Harry walked back to the tent and saw Cedric emerging from it, greener than ever. Harry tried to wish him luck as he walked past, but all that came out of his mouth was a sort of hoarse grunt. Harry went back inside to Fleur and Crumb. Seconds later, they heard the roar of the crowd, which meant Cedric had entered the enclosure and was now face to face with the living counterpart of his model. It was worse than Harry could ever have imagined, sitting there and listening. The crowd screamed, yelled, gasped like a single many-headed entity as Cedric did whatever he was doing to get past the Swedish short snout. Crumb was still staring at the ground. Fleur had now taken to retracing Cedric's steps round and round the tent, and Bagman's commentary made everything much, much worse. Horrible pictures formed in Harry's mind as he heard, Oh, narrow miss there! Very narrow! He's taking risks, this one. Clever move. Pity it didn't work. And then, after about 15 minutes, Harry heard the deafening roar that could only mean one thing. Cedric had got past his dragon and seized the golden egg. Very good indeed, Bagman was shouting. And now the marks from the judges. But he didn't shout out the marks. Harry supposed the judges were holding them up and showing them to the crowd. One down, three to go, Bagman yelled as the whistle blew again. Miss Delacour, if you please. Fleur was trembling from head to foot. Harry felt more warmly toward her than he'd done so far, and she left the tent with her head held high, her hand clutching her wand. He and Crumb were left alone at opposite sides of the tent, avoiding each other's gaze. The same process started again. Oh, I'm not sure that was wise. They could hear Bagman shouting gleefully. Oh, nearly. Careful now. Good Lord, I thought she'd had it then. Ten minutes later, Harry heard the crowd erupt into applause once more. Flora must have been successful too. A pause while Fleur's marks were being shown, more clapping, then for the third time, the whistle. And here comes Mr. Crumb, cried Bagman, and Crumb slouched out, leaving Harry quite alone. He felt much more aware of his body than usual, very aware of the way his heart was pumping fast and his fingers tingling with fear. Yet at the same time, he seemed to be outside himself, seeing the walls of the tent and hearing the crowd as though from far away. Very daring, Bagman was yelling, and Harry heard the Chinese fireball emit a horrible, roaring shriek while the crowd <gasps> drew its collective breath. That's some nerve he's showing, and yes, he's got the egg! Applause shattered the wintry air like breaking glass. Crumb had finished. It would be Harry's turn at any moment. He stood up, noticing dimly that his legs seemed to be made of marshmallow. 
He waited, and then he heard the whistle blow. He walked out through the entrance of the tent, the panic rising into a crescendo inside him, and now he was walking past the trees through a gap in the enclosure fence. He saw everything in front of him as though it was a very highly colored dream. There were hundreds and hundreds of faces staring down at him from stands which had been magicked there since he'd last stood on this spot. And there was the horntail at the other end of the enclosure, crouched low over her clutch of eggs, her wings half-furled, her evil yellow eyes upon him, a monstrous, scaly black lizard thrashing her spiked tail, leaving yard-long gouge marks in the hard ground. The crowd was making a great deal of noise, but whether friendly or not, Harry didn't know or care. It was time to do what he had to do, to focus his mind entirely and absolutely upon the thing that was his only chance. He raised his wand Accio Firebolt, he shouted. And he waited, every fiber of him hoping, praying. If it hadn't worked, if it wasn't coming, he seemed to be looking at everything around him through some sort of shimmering, transparent barrier like a heat haze, which made the enclosure and the hundreds of faces around him swim strangely. And then he heard it. Speeding through the air behind him, he turned and saw his firebolt hurtling toward him around the edge of the woods, soaring into the enclosure and stopping dead in midair beside him, waiting for him to mount. The crowd was making even more noise. Bagman was shouting something. But Harry's ears were not working properly anymore. Listening wasn't important. He swung his leg over the broom and kicked off from the ground. And a second later, something miraculous happened. As he soared upwards, as the wind rushed through his hair, as the crowd's faces became mere flesh-colored pinpricks below, and the horntail shrank to the size of a dog, he realized that he had left not only the ground behind, but also his fear. He was back where he belonged. This was just another Quidditch match, that was all. Just another Quidditch match. And the Horntail was just another ugly opposing team. He looked down at the clutch of eggs and spotted the gold one, gleaming against its cement-colored fellows, residing safely between the dragon's front legs. Okay, Harry told himself, diversionary tactics. Let's go. He dived. The horntail's head followed him. He knew what it was going to do and pulled out of the dive just in time. A jet of fire had been released exactly where he would have been had he not swerved away. But Harry didn't care. That was no more than dodging a bludger. Great Scott, he can fly, yelled Bagman as the crowd shrieked and gasped. Are you watching this, Mr. Crumb? Harry soared higher in a circle 
The horntail was still following his progress, its head revolving on its long neck. If he kept this up, it would be nicely dizzy. But better not push it too long, or it would be breathing fire again. Harry plummeted just as the horntail opens its mouth, but this time he was less lucky. He missed the flames, but the tail came whipping up to meet him instead, and as he swerved to the left, one of the long spikes grazed his shoulder, ripping his robes. He could feel it stinging. He could hear screaming and groans from the crowd, but the cut didn't seem to be deep. Now, he zoomed around the back of the horn tail, and a possibility occurred to him. The horn tail didn't seem to want to take off. She was too protective of her eggs. Though she writhed and twisted, furling and unfurling her wings and keeping those fearsome yellow eyes on Harry, she was afraid to move too far from them. But he had to persuade her to do it, or he'd never get near them. The trick was to do it carefully, gradually. Well, he began to fly, first this way, then the other, not near enough to make her breathe fire to stave him off, but still posing a sufficient threat to ensure she kept her eyes on him. Her head swayed this way and that, watching him out of those vertical pupils, her fangs bared. He flew higher. The horntail's head rose with him, her neck now stretched to its fullest extent, still swaying like a snake before its charmer. Harry rose a few more feet, and she let out a roar of exasperation. 